Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Hughes Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey, guess what? What? Guess what I ate today? First thing that came to mind was frog legs. I wish, but I'm not in France. Or frog eyes. Can you eat those? Wouldn't they be tiny? Which is also another name for Minnesota sushi. Minnesotans eat frog eyes? No. That's what... This is... Everybody! (laughs) Minnesotans eat frog eyes! It's the caviar of the Midwest. Ew. Well, they both look like it, right? They'd be tiny and... Well, that's what the Minnesota sushi looks like. It looks like frog eyes, and that's what they call them. Oh. I learned something new. No, I did not eat that. I ate a wild rice burger. Okay. Yeah. It was a burger made of wild rice. Fun fact. Wild rice. Not rice. Also, not wild. It's actually tended to. And uh, very tasty. Very tasty. <laughs> and it's also not a burger. Not so. a burger. It wasn't. Well, it didn't have a bun, so I'm not sure. But uh, it was great. It was quite yummy. And uh, it, Can I it had be a, a burger if there's no bun? I think it was. I mean, sure. You could have, a, like, if you have a patty. The patty without the bun is still a burger, right? Is it? I don't know. I don't know what the legal terms would be. <laughs> I don't know. But I had it at the Prairie Grass Cafe, uh, and that would be in Northbrook, Illinois, and I highly recommend it. If anyone wants to go there, uh, they make a mean wild rice burger, my friend. Which is neither wild nor, <laughs> nor rice, rice nor burger. Nor burger. That's correct. Got You've it. gotten all the Check. facts down. <laughs> correct. Yes. And, and a slice of blueberry pie. Which was neither blueberry nor, <laughs> nor pie. pie. <laughs> it was just a... It was a chocolate cake, in fact. Yep. Yes, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Uh, okay, what do we talk about on this podcast besides... Food! I mean, I love talking about... We could do a whole separate food podcast nah. where you give me foods I've never heard of, and then I eat them, and then I come back in and tell you how they tasted. Oh. There you go. Yeah, we could That's flip a, it around. Yeah, it'd be flipped. It'd be totally flipped. But Except- then you could tell me the history of the food... And why you shouldn't eat it. And I'd be like, wait, what? And that would be every episode. Until you die. Until I die. No, what is this actual <laughs> podcast about? Oh, uh, children's picture books. And if they're... <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I missed the end part of that. I was, was going to say, and... And we're food. done. <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. Uh, and if they are... Good. Or... Bad. Exactly. And uh, today, well, you had a request. Yes, murder. Blood, murder. Yes. Sharp, pointy knives. Ever since Valentine's Day, I wanted blood and guts. My dear, I've gotten you exactly what you wanted. Yay! Hooray. Here it comes. Are you ready? Yes. A boo da 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 boo Zeralda's Ogre? Bye. Oh, uh... His name's in script. Tommy Unger. Sure. Uh, yes. Yes. Tommy Unger, uh, creator of Zeralda's Ogre. This is in the... You can find this. It's a compendium called uh, Tommy Unger, A Treasury of Eight Books. Uh, we've already done The Three Robbers that was in this book, but uh, we haven't done any of his other his other titles in here. Tommy Unger, what a, what a fascinating individual that was. And uh, <laughs> not afraid of a little... Uh, a little blood or guts. So 
Why don't you see what you got yourself into? Woohoo! Woohoo! Yay! While Kate does her read, let's talk about Tommy Ungerer. I've talked about him before. I, on this podcast, we have discussed him, his life. It is worth going over again, but in this particular case, I'm going to cite one specific source. So in the fall of 2019, there was an issue of the Virginia Quarterly Review. There was a piece inside of it called The Beastly Boy, Tommy Ungerer and the Art of Provocation. It was written by author-illustrator Lisa Brown, and it begins with this. On the wall of my living room is a drawing of by the late artist Tommy Ungerer. It's of a bearded man in medieval garb clutching a book and an enormous knife. He's grinning wickedly at a child screaming in a boiling cauldron heated by a pile of burning books. The piece is for the cover of a children's book exhibition catalog from 1965. Now, in the course of the piece, she goes on to explain his rise, his books. Undoubtedly, you've seen books of his, the Three Robbers and Crichter, and of course, today's book, uh, Zeralda's Ogre. But then it came out at an ALA conference that he wrote uh, or drew quite a bit of pornography, erotica, as it were. And people were horrified and called him out for it. And uh, he was also under fire for his posters uh, against the Vietnam War and about uh, civil rights. And so he left America and didn't really come back much. I mean, he visited, but he was, he was gone for all intents and purposes. And Lisa has this to say, and I think it's quite interesting. She says, Librarians in the late 1960s were horrified by Ungerer's adult work and uncomfortable with the knowledge of his personal penchants. Maybe that was enough to throw him out of their world or for him to have been in the parlance of today, quote-unquote, cancelled. But here's what I'm really trying to get at. I'm not sure that they would have been so angry if they didn't on some level hate his work to begin with. Their anger at his life and adult work was a wonderful excuse to get rid of his children's books under the inane reasoning that his erotica might harm an unwitting child, no matter that... It was patently ridiculous to think that children would ever get their hands on his work for adults or even understand it if they did. Ultimately, it's clear that at least a handful of adults felt that Ungerer was getting away with something. He was putting these children's books out there that were filled with uncertainty, psychological exploration, and playful rage, often to no visible pedagogical purpose. His books were firmly in opposition to a literalist view of children's literature where there is no room for satire, no room for artistic license or uncertainty, a view that insists that everything a child observes is a blueprint for action. If you see a blunderbuss, you will shoot a blunderbuss. Timely. Yeah, you're back. Yeah. Yeah! I have so many issues with this. Was there not enough blood? Betsy. Was there not enough knives? No, not <laughs> at all. Oh, come on. And it's gross at the end. Oh, yeah, it's super gross at the end. The it is actually that... grosser at the end than anything with the eating of the children. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with you 100%. And, and yes. the fact that this story is called Zeralda's Ogre. Yeah, that was all creepy, right? Ugh. Yeah. And the quote at the beginning, the stomach knows how to feed the heart. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Oh yeah, this one's a weird one. But it's not one of her his better known books. I 
and for good reason. I know, but there's some some sharp knives. And the and the title page has a picture of this like big man with a little girl in his lap, and he's holding a knife. Mm -hmm. And I was really hoping he was going to eat the little girl. Well, that's what you're thinking, and he would have eaten her. He would have eaten her, but she's a good cook, so. (laughs) (laughs) The intention was there, yeah, and. He's not an ogre. He's just a big man. He's a very big man. But not that big. And you know why he's not that big, Betsy? Why's that? Why's that? Because usually you think of ogres as big creatures. Yes. But you look at these illustrations, he is the same size as a normal man. Well, what's your what's your reasoning for that? What's my reasoning for him being the oh, same? Oh, I see. Are you sure it's just not a perspective issue? Yes, he is standing at the front of a house where he has taken a child and put it in the bag and like the i don't know and why is he taking the children well he's he likes to snatch children and eat them okay that that is a very ogrely thing to do maybe that's the only thing that makes him an ogre but that would make him a cannibal but he's so like, yeah. yeah exactly yeah not an ogre no so. he's the exact same size as a normal man you get Two or three guys to gang up on this guy. Boom! You fixed your, your town problem. <laughs> but wouldn't would wouldn't they have done that already? Why did they just let him eat their kids? Maybe they don't like their kids. Well, there you go. <laughs> so we have a Pied Piper problem. Okay, interesting. <laughs> interesting. So yeah, the whole story is like this ogre comes to town. He snatches up children. Parents try and like hide their children in basements or uh, in uh, underground vaults or cellars. And schools are empty, and teachers are out of work, and just because this guy comes to town and likes to eat children. He does. On a regular basis, yeah. But then eventually kids start getting really good at hiding. Right, and they're wising able, up, yeah. They're not. He's not able to find them, and so he has to eat uh, a diet of gruel, tepid cabbage, and cold potatoes, and he grows grumpier and grumpier. I mean, I would too on that diet, yes. And, and then he, he grunts to himself... And I quote, A sniff, a snuff, how hungry I feel. Five or six children would make a nice meal. A sniff, a snuff, a snip, a snup. When I find some children, I'll gobble them up. He's by himself right now. Yes. He's talking to himself. Well, this is like a fee-fi-fo situation, right? Can you imagine only being able to speak in rhyme even when you're talking to yourself? Like, you're just... That would be hell. Just, it's like a normal Tuesday and you're like, oh, I must pay the gas bill and make dinner before... Oh, I forgot we need eggs, so I'll head to the store. <laughs> <laughs> it must... <laughs> I feel oh. bad for the guy. He's he's stuck in rhyme. Yeah, he is, and and alone. And uh, well, yeah. no, he's not alone. He's got oh. a rat at his table. Oh, that's fine. Eat that with bright red eyes. Who's looking at him like, dude? I know you're not talking to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're rhyming again. You're rhyming again, dude. To Knock yourself. it off. So Weird. then we we cut to a different scene happening in the middle of the woods. There's a farmer with his daughter Zeralda. Yeah. But I keep wanting to say her name is Zelda. I want to say Griselda. Oh. I actually wrote down Griselda for today's book, Griselda's Ogre, and then had to be like, oh, wait, no, 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 it's Zeralda's. Yeah, I, I like Zelda. You're assuming that I know the Legend of Zelda theme music, which clearly I must because I got that reference, but still, still, there's only so many Zeldas in the world. So he's got this kid. Uh, the, the farmer has a, has a daughter, and it says by the time she was six, she knew how to braise and bake and simmer and stew. Okay. 
That's cool. I know six-year-olds, and they don't know those things. No. They're not good at it. And if they do, they're not good at them. <laughs> Nor does she look six. Eh, she's short. She's short. She's short. But once she's sitting, she doesn't look yeah. young. Yeah. But, so the dad apparently, uh, he says, I must have eaten too many of your apple dumplings for lunch. Uh, and I'm not feeling well, so you're going to have to go to the market tomorrow. That sounds like an excuse. Okay, he has a bottle, and if you look really closely, <laughs> it says Pama 66. I'm pretty sure that's some sort of booze happening here. No, he's here. drunk. He's having, He has a hangover. He doesn't 100%. want to. Yeah, he, has, he totally has a hangover. He doesn't want to go. And he's like, go ahead, six-year-old. Go take the stuff to market. Yeah, once a year. He, he has... Once a year, <laughs> he's supposed to go to the market and sell their products. Uh, and he, he was so worried about it the night before. He drank so much. He now he can't go at all. He drank oh, half what a, a what a, a pity. Of, he's got to send his poor little daughter out into the world. He has all to alone send his six year old into her into an ogre infested countryside by herself. By herself with to, all of her products, right? To sell. So she's she's going to be haggling. So yeah. I hope he taught her that along with how to braise. Well, I'm looking at her in the cart as she's packing everything up. She looks 35. She, you know what? She's seen a lot. She may <laughs> be six, but she's got an old soul. She has been through things. She has seen things. Let's be clear. 35 is not old. <laughs> oh, no, man. It's ancient. It's Stop a crone-like. That. Stop that. <laughs> With the gray hairs and the clothes. So anyway, she's going through and uh, the ogre can tell he's super hungry and he mm. can he can sniff her out. She's she's getting closer and closer and he really wants breakfast, but he's so impatient that he trips and crashes into the middle of the road and he's lying there unconscious. He sprained his ankle. He's got a bloody nose. And she's like, oh my gosh, you poor thing. She... Runs to grab some water to, like, wash the blood off of his face. And he, meanwhile, he's still rhyming to himself. And <laughs> oh, he's hit his head really he, hard. I he's mean, rhyming to himself. He, he, well, he, he says he was unconscious, but I guess he woke up and he went to sniff a snuff with some salt and some spice. Ogres think children are very nice. Okay. Well, All right. Well, well no. I mean, it's not necessarily you lost some brain cells yeah, you know, in the crash. So it's, she's with a guy at home who drinks all the time and <laughs> says he can't go to market. So you know, this is probably normal for her. Well, I'm looking at the situation. You've got a donkey that's looking at the ogre like, oh geez. There's there's a <laughs> there's a pig in the cart looking, oh no. And then there's a bird sitting on the cart saying, okay, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> We are done here. Let's, Let's pick it up, people. Move on. Moving out. But I realized that there was a reason the pig had a oh no face. Ah. It was because she decided to kill the pig. Right there and then? Yeah. Dude, slaughtering a pig is difficult. Not, she just put Not for a this six-year-old. This six-year-old's got it down. From mouth to butt, she just stuck a stick right all the way through him. Wow. Put him over some fire. Bada boom, bada bing. And now she's making the ogre some food. I mean, that looks delicious, but also very sad for the pig. <laughs> I know. I, I guess had a feeling he knew it was going to happen. I feel really bad. But no way is this girl six. <laughs> like, she, she makes him cream of watercress soup, smoked trout with capers, snails and garlic butter, a platter of roasted chickens, and a suckling pig. Oh, man. I'm, that sounds delicious. And she somehow did this, what, in like 15 minutes? 
And how did she know he'd eat all that? I mean, he's a dude, but but he's an ogre. So I mean, he 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 sprained his ankle and he like was bleeding from right. the head. And she's like, I know what this man needs. He needs a platter of roasted chickens, a suckling pig. He, 50... Do I have any fish? I've got some fish. I've yeah, got, yeah, everything. I, I... Like, why sell this food when I can just feed it to him? Which is exactly what she does. Yeah, that's not smart. And he says... Well, she is sick, so... <laughs> well, and he says, this is the most delicious meal I've ever had. Uh, I've got vaults full of gold. I'll pay you a fortune if you come and cook for me. So apparently he stops talking in rhymes once he has actual food. Or, well, yeah, actual food and he's actually in the presence of someone who he's aware can hear what he's saying. <laughs> I think before he was kind of knocked on the head, he didn't realize she could hear him. Mm. Probably goes around so talking So he only by talks him. in rhyme when he's by himself. I think so. He probably in the dark corners of his castle when she comes just starts rhyming like a fool. Yeah. Well, she agrees to this plan i mean it's a good business plan it's uh, better than the plan she had before, she gets so. him into the cart and they go off to his castle uh where she cooks and and the father eventually joins her and <laughs> she makes because well, all... there was some a- a- excellent ale <laughs> in the castle maybe so, yeah. i mean there's all sorts of just hanging animals from the rafters and she's making all sorts of food yeah. and <sighs> I'm just, I'm so, I'm so disappointed because the only thing that's died so far is a pig. Well, technically a bunch of children were eaten at the but beginning. But we never of the... saw it, Betsy. Oh, fine. I said I wanted blood and guts and murder. And what did there you give me? There was murder. There was so much murder. Of a pig. No. That's you, all I the saw. children were, there. look, isn't there a kid in the sack at the beginning that on his back? That doesn't mean that it's dead. Well, it's going to be dead pretty soon. I mean, the kid doesn't escape. So, well, this yeah. really should be a Thanksgiving book. Because oh, yeah. It would have been a good Thanksgiving so book. Much You're food. right. Like, yeah. it, it just keeps going on and on about the different food. There's sauerkraut and sausage. There's roast turkey a la Cinderella. Ooh. It has, like, shoes. Oh, it has little shoes on it. It's got chocolate sauce Rasputin. It has veal cutlets on a bed of truffled aspic. Yes, aspic. I don't know what aspic is. I should. I now, don't either. Oh, do you hear that? Do you hear that? That's all the listeners writing us emails frantically <laughs> to tell us what aspic is. I'm kidding. It's just mom. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's goose liver pate in pastry shell. There's all sorts all of... the finest foods. It, again, she's six, apparently. Yeah, well, but she's got a talent. You know. and, and she makes... There's banquets held for nearby ogres Other and ogres. ogresses. Right. That's the female The female term for ogre, yes. Ogress? Ogress? Yeah, well, ogre, or, or o- ogress. Ogre. <laughs> That's if you have a bunch of them together. Yeah. I gotcha. Well, they are so overjoyed with her recipes. And from that day forward, they all lost their taste for children. But these illustrations, these characters are disturbing good good like you need some disturbing characters. there's one guy up at the top with red eyes who just looks like <laughs> he's crazy there's a guy at the bottom who's got his he's unbuckled his pants and oh which is even creepier when you uh yeah keep going yeah i know into this story because it's not done but i know where it's going it's not done it's that capper of an ending there the children come out of hiding right all the villagers begin to live normally. At, at what point does the text say, 
just kidding. They all ate kids at the same time. They all died. <laughs> well, do, 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 do. that was a bunch of kids eating at the beginning. It, no, no, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Now, that would have been a good place to end the story, actually. Right? Like, right there. The kids came out, and everybody was happy. Yes. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, that would have been, been a wonderful ending. Well, it would have been an end ending. An end ending. I yes. would have preferred, just kidding. This case, they, the ogres ate all the children. I'm surprised he didn't do that, actually. He, he was kind of tempted to do those things. No, instead, here's where it <laughs> gets the truly, so gross. The truly disturbing ending. Years yeah. went by. Zeralda grew up to be a beautiful lady. Uh-huh. The well-fed ogre shaved his beard. Now he just looks like a dude. He just looks like a dude. <laughs> they fell in love. Which what? Married. Oh. And had a lot of children. Wow. Uh, he's like 40 years at, older at than At the her. beginning of yes. the book. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you, oh, and then I guess, okay, so the last page is like, it's a picture of them together with four kids. She's right. holding a baby. One of the kids has his back to the audience and he's holding a knife and fork in his hand. So he wants to eat his brother, the baby. I guess. Oh, probably the baby, yeah, I would assume, yeah. But you you look at the title page and again, it is... I know. An, an old man with gray Gray. It actually has a gray beard. Gray yeah. mustache. And she's six. With a little girl sitting yeah. on his lap. I know. It's not good. It's, it's not good. It's disgusting. It is. It's bad. And it that's is actually the, bad. that is the end of the book. It is the end of the book. Yes. Yeah, I like... 90% of this book very much. Uh and the last 10% is just makes it the rest of it not work at all. No. I've always liked Tommy Unger cuz he would do things that, you know, he he would make art that no one else today would make. Like for the cover of a book review thing, he had a cauldron with a kid inside of it with burning books underneath lighting the cauldron and a guy with a knife approaching and that was the children's book catalog cover like you could not do that today um no one would even try but on the flip side yeah he didn't know how to end that story and he ended it in the worst possible way the worst possible way and not only that he named it Zeralda's Ogre. Zeralda's Ogre, which would have been fine and then if he had, hadn't had that ending on it. And yeah. the quote in the beginning, the stomach knows how to feed the heart. Yeah. Gross. 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 Super gross. Completely agree with you. Yes. So we're ready to rate this? Oh, yeah. You go first. So time. like I say, I love 90% of it. 90% of it, I think, is very good. But as I say, it gets poisoned right at the end there. Uh, so I really, you can't, you can't really go above a 2.5. And uh, that's that's where I'm going with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm disappointed. I really expected blood oh, and murder. Fine. And I didn't get that. Instead, you are I, talking about picture books, you know. <laughs> instead, I got a middle-aged guy who was too afraid to change his diet, so he stuck with what he knew. <laughs> a deadbeat dad who trusted his six-year-old to handle everything. Yeah. The death of a pig and a disturbing age difference in the marriage. So, Correct. especially when you think of the title. And the picture of them yeah. in the beginning, it's weird. It is weird. Hey, I like weird, Yeah, but you need to get even weirder. This is just gross. Yeah, uh, he didn't lean into it enough. No, so definitely not my favorite. Right. I gave it a three. Okay. So with our scores combined. I don't think it's a classic. Definitely yeah. not a classic. Sorry, Tommy. You did many a sorry. fine book, but this was not one of your finest. Yeah. Definitely not. All right, fine. Admittedly, I hadn't read in a while. I was under the impression there were more knives and possibly some blood, so... That's <laughs> on me. I'll see if I can find you blood again sometime. Though I've got a different book for next week, so there will be no blood. 
We'll get blood someday. I promise. <laughs> well, I got some good suggestions actually from people, and uh, but they were they were Halloweeny. They were kind of uh, Halloweeny suggestions. I was like, yeah, those are great, but there's a fine like, line. I do like Halloween all. I am aware, and I have a hard enough time finding you Halloween around Halloween. <laughs> I am not stretching that out any further than it will go. Uh, letters time. Ooh. All right, we got one one in particular, and it was from Elena. It was referring to our Skippy John Jones uh, episode. Mm-hmm. I despise this book. <laughs> the author came to do a talk at the library I currently work at, and everyone was over the moon, and she donated a ton of books, so we have multiple copies of it. It's awful. Oh. I am so sorry, Eleanor. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. I did realize I went to the website of uh, the author of Skippy John Jones, and uh, her website makes it quite clear that book sells like hotcakes even now. It is. There's no no hiding the fact that it's just shocking. That's but too bad. It is. It is. But uh, you know, there you go. What you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> Certainly our we podcast don't. will change everything. Yes. Yeah, right. Hearts and minds, baby. Hearts and minds. That's what we're changing. Yeah. Grown-up things we like. You go first. So, as I might have mentioned before, I am working my way through the Oscar nominees for Best Picture. I have done American Fiction. Uh, American Fiction, if you all haven't heard of it, it follows a frustrated novelist professor. Um, he's black, and then he writes this outlandish you know, satire of stereotypical quote-unquote black books only it gets mistaken by the liberal elite uh which is say the white people who are in the publishing houses for serious literature it is published to high sales to critical praise it stars jeffrey wright it's got Issa ray it's got tracy ellis it's got sterling k brown it is uh leslie uggams it is a very fun movie a very enjoyable movie it reminded me a lot of and I'm going to have to say this very clearly because you're going to hear it the wrong way. The 40-year-old version was a movie about a woman in a similar position, but it was a play that she was writing. And she was encouraged in that to make it more, quote-unquote, black and, and tough and things like that. And so it was very similar to that in some ways. Um, also reminded me of The New Kid, uh, which was a graphic novel for kids, uh, which also has, you know, people trying to force kids who are black to read about the tough life on the streets, you know. And uh, I really enjoyed it, but I'm a terrible person to watch it with because the book covers that the movies put on books do not look like book covers. Like, there was no way. These look like self-published novels that these supposedly, pub, you know, professionally published books from huge publishing houses and they just looked fake all the way through. And I'm sorry, there's a scene where he's on a committee and he and the other person um, are outvoted on a literary committee. And poor Matt sitting next to me just had to be like, there, there's no voting. Like, you don't have a two to three, three to two vote. What the? So I'm, I'm not the person to watch it with. But um, aside from those little like publishing details, uh, very enjoyable. Uh, I recommend it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, just a few days ago, I checked out this place called Showman's Rest. Uh, I came across it on Instagram and found out it was only 45 minutes away. So oh. I figured, 
why not? Let's check it out. And where was it? Uh, it's in Forest Park, Illinois. Okay. Uh, it is a burial site for showmen, clowns, and performers, many of whom died in the Hammond Circus train wreck. Have you ever heard of this before? I have not. No. It's one of the worst train wrecks in U.S. history. So in June 1918, 86 people were reported to have died and another 127 were injured. Ooh. When a locomotive engineer fell asleep and ran his train into the rear of the circus train car uh, near Hammond, Indiana. Jeez. A fire broke out from kerosene lamps, which were used for lighting in the sleeping cars of the circus train. Oh. And the fire quickly spread through the wood-constructed cars. And people were in there. Oh, yeah. Oh. Was that night? Were they all sleeping? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So this section of Showman's Rest at Woodlawn Cemetery is surrounded by statues of elephants in a symbolic mourning posture. Mm. Um, the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey offered their performers and animals, so only two shows of the Hagenbeck Wallace Circus had to be canceled at the time. Wow. Um, and at the bottom of one of the elephant statues, when I went, someone had left a box of Barnum animal crackers. Oh, like, sad. So the next time you're either in Forest Park, Illinois, mm-hmm. Hugo, Oklahoma, Miami, or Tampa, go check out Showman's Rest. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, and very sad. It was interesting. Some of the graves they didn't know the people's. I mean, they had just had one massive grave essentially because a lot of people couldn't be identified because they had been burned so bad. Oh uh, yeah. But some people they didn't know their full names. They only knew them by their nicknames. Oh, like Baldy. Oh, so that's oh. so that's what's on the headstone. All right, yeah. Careful the name you pick, people. <laughs> um, yeah, and actually, one of the Ringling Brothers lived here in Evanston, and uh, on the architecture tour days, you can go to the house and see the very thick cement floor that the elephant could walk on, and see the scars in the wallpaper where the uh, tiger would uh, scratch up the walls. Well, the Showman's Rest is near uh, a zoo. Oh. <laughs> And back when the zoo had elephants, people would say, you know, like, because you could hear the elephants make noises and people oh. were like, oh, it's the ghosts of the elephants. <laughs> oh, it's the ghosts. Like, no, it's just the zoo. It's just the zoo. <laughs> down just the street, right over there. But, yeah. yeah. But, it's, it's, but it's, still, it's you nice know. Yeah. Oh, very good. Okay. All right. Well, okay. I failed to bring you, you sufficient sure did. blood. All right. Fine. Fine. Epic, epic fail. I thought I thought I had this one in the bag. I was bragging to people like, I got a bloody book. It's so bloody. There's so much blood in the bloody, bloody. Nope. No. There was not That a poor lot pig. Of... No. And well, and we won't be doing any blood next week. I can tell you that much. We'll be taking a... A suggestion from one of our listeners. So, yeah, Excellent. We're going to see how that goes. And then the week after that, we got to do a St. Patrick's Day oh, book. Crap. Oh, actually, you know what? I think I have from last year some saved suggestions uh, for St. Patrick's Day. So I'm going to be on the ball this year. Nice. Yeah. And until I actually figure out how to be on the ball this year, <laughs> I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, Amazon Music, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our Drew Drop is Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.